Talking Sports with Jimmy B and TC. Call the show now. 264-1700. Big Sports on 1700 KBGG. Hey, everybody. It's our second hour on a nasty day uh, throughout the entire state of Iowa. Please drive carefully. Uh, we welcome you in, Jimmy B and TC. We roll till 3. Uh, always fun when we get a chance to talk a lot of college basketball. Well, at least we tell them it's fun. Uh, Scott Phillips, NBC Sports. He's our guest on the Draft House 50 hotline. Scotty, hello. Hey, it's fun on my end to talk to you guys as well. Great joining you. <laughs> You're the best, pal. Well, Scott, it's uh, it's been quite the interesting season, and I, I got up on my soapbox yesterday, and I said I am so sick and tired of everybody saying that, oh, it's a historically weak bubble this year, how bad the bubble is. Isn't that kind of the point of the bubble? The bubble's bad every year. Yeah, and I think that people are also discounting some mid-major teams that could make this interesting. If they bow out of their conference tournaments early, you look at teams like Middle Tennessee that are you know, kind of an 11-12 seed range. A team like that could easily get in the field if they all of a sudden lose, you know, say in the conference USA Finals, to a good Louisiana Tech or a UAB, which is very feasible. The committee hasn't historically rated Conference USA and other conferences very well, but given some of these profile cases that we have at some of these schools with, you know, four and ten conference records and near 500 records, I think it's time to evaluate some of these conference leaders like Monmouth and Middle Tennessee a little more seriously if they do end up losing early. I'm real curious. You mentioned St. Mary's. They had a big win again last night, and they put up a graphic, and their only losses in conference, they're 0-2 to Gonzaga. And yet there's still talk if they get beat in the conference tournament final again by Gonzaga that some people are still thinking, well, they really didn't beat anybody because the West Coast Conference is so weak this year with the exception of those two teams. And they were thinking of leaving them out. How can you do that? I I don't believe that to be the case at all because you look at their three losses on the season, not only are two of the three to Gonzaga, but UT Arlington is in top 50 RPI loss. They've had a very strong season as well. So, you know, maybe St. Mary's hasn't played as tough a schedule as Gonzaga, but they do own wins over teams like Nevada and Dayton. They beat Stanford handily on the road at Stanford, and they've maybe been a little more disappointing than we thought. But, you know, Randy Bennett has historically not scheduled very tough in the non-conference portion. And, you know, this season, them being a a top 25 team most of the year, I think that they're going to get in no matter what. But, you know, they have scheduled pretty weak in the past, and I think they've won enough this season to overcome that. So uh, if you can, maybe, Jim, you can help out. A couple years ago, and it was either Gonzaga or St. Mary's, Mm -hmm. had an injury to one of their better players. After they finished up the conference tournament, they added an additional regular season game, if you will, uh, before the NCAA tournament to help bolster their resume and show, hey, this player is back. Why don't we see this happen more often? Leave an open date there. We used to have it with the bracket busters back in the day, but right. you know, for a program like Wichita State, St. Mary's, Illinois State right now, something like that, for these good major mid-major conferences, leave an open date that after you finish up with that week off, hey, let's schedule something. Let's see if somebody is willing to play a game here, maybe bolster, bolster a resume one more time. Mm-hmm. 
I know that television would be a big part of that, and I think mm-hmm. the reason that you don't see a lot of these games get scheduled is because there's a lot of pressure within athletic departments to generate revenue from television deals. And if you have an unscheduled event where you have an unscheduled opponent late in the season, then obviously it's tough to coordinate a time and a place to get that televised, which is going to leave a lot of people nervous in terms of the revenue that could be generated for a game like that. Obviously, fans would come in good basketball towns. If you talk about some of these historically great mid-major fan bases that we've seen over the years in the Valley, the West Coast Conference, places like that. I think the fans would come out on short notice, but it would be a tough sell for other people, and I think ultimately that's what you'd be looking at with the difficulty of scheduling games like that. Scott Phillips is our guest, NBC Sports. We're talking basketball. Scott, I watched some of UCLA again last night, and, man, oh, man, they moved the ball. I mean, I felt like I was kind of watching an NBA team, like, Maybe the Warriors or Cleveland with the way that those teams move the basketball. I, I mean, the ball goes side to side so quickly, down on the block, back out for an open three. I, I know they struggle defensively, although they have gotten better. But how much are you looking forward to tomorrow night's UCLA-Arizona game? I'm really looking forward to it. I think that that's a great litmus test for the UCLA defense, as you mentioned. The last time that these two teams played and Alonzo Trier had come back for Arizona, we saw the Wildcats really kind of take it to the Bruins in their building and win impressively. We saw the UCLA defense had a lot of question marks at that time. Since then, they've shored things up a little bit, and that offense is still going to be key. You're right. Lonzo Ball has obviously infused that lineup with another passer. He's enabled Bryce Alford to play off the ball and be a great shooter like he is. And guys like T.J. Leaf and Thomas Welsh, his big men, move the ball well. And then you add Isaac Hamilton and Aaron Holiday into the equation. This is just a loaded team offensively. All those guys can create. They can score. There's a lot of guys down there who move the ball well, as I mentioned. And this team just has a ton of talent offensively. They want to get that game up-tempo, have maximum possessions, get a lot of shots up. And when they play at their tempo, they're tough to beat. Let me just follow up because Trent dislikes Steve Alford from the Iowa days, and I, I, I get that. He just won't let it go. I've tried <laughs> to get him drunk, everything else, to forget about it. Nope. He just won't let it go. He's a punk. So, see? So, if Alford makes a deep run, let's say that UCLA Elite, Gets to the final elite Eight, okay. Final Four, yeah, Elite Eight, Final Four, is the heat off of him, or will somebody come calling, like Indiana, if Tom Crean bolts as well? That's an interesting question, but I think the Heat would be lifted off Alford temporarily if he were to make a Final Four. Uh, I think that, you know, we saw Ben Holland make three consecutive Final Fours for UCLA and still lose his job a couple years later. They have high expectations in Westwood. They need championships there. They have to have yearly success, teams like that in Final Fours. And when you are relying on freshmen who are going to the NBA early, guys like Lonzo Ball and potentially T.J. Leaf, That's difficult to do. Now, UCLA has a great recruiting class coming in. There's going to be continuing amounts of great talent, but when you have a fan base that's as fickle as that who wants that type of excitement in those championships, that's really tough to, you know, get to. And when you have Indiana calling, you know, he's a hometown guy, won a championship there. They're looking for a potential savior with the way that things have soured so quickly with Tom Crean. It'll be very intriguing to see what Steve Alford decides with his son Bryce moving on to the pro level being a senior as well. Well, another good one this weekend, Florida, Kentucky, but around here, 
We're excited about Baylor, Iowa State. Yeah, the are. Cyclones have uh, righted the ship. Solomon Young has been a revelation for them, finally having some semblance of an inside game and a rim protector, what the young freshman has been able to do. As you look at this Iowa State team and what they have going forward, are you a believer on this turnaround from the Cyclones? Yeah, absolutely. I think that the slip-up against Texas was a little bit of a hangover after that huge win against Kansas. And since then, they've looked like one of the best teams in the Big 12. I think this is going to be a really interesting game on Saturday because you look at the last game and how close it was, and Monty Morris didn't even play that well. He was 4-for-18 from the field that game. If he even has a normal outing, I think Iowa State has a severe chance of pulling off a good upset bolstering their resume even more, and having a really solid seat entering the Big 12 tournament as well. I think that they're quietly creeping up a lot of bracketologist boards right now because they've really had a strong stretch here. I'm real curious then about Baylor. Why do you think they kind of hit the uh, the skids here just near the end of the season? I think that some teams have gathered more film on them now. You look at a team like Baylor who has such length and athleticism and they had new personnel that they added to the lineup and with that zone and they you know with the big 12 as we see in conferences all across the country coaches and players are more familiar as well i think once we get to the ncaa tournament we're going to see teams that are more uh, not prepared for the length and athleticism that baylor has to offer which is part of the reason why they're so successful early this early this season uh, able to win you know non-conference tournaments and get to that number one ranking for a bit in time, and they're still going to be very dangerous because it's just so tough to prepare for a zone of that magnitude and playing against guys like Jonathan Motley, who you just don't see very often. All right, then I'll follow up with a similar question that I gave you for UCLA about Alford. What about Drew in Waco? With everything that has gone wrong down there, he has been a pillar of strength, has proved he can more than recruit, and proved also that he can really coach does somebody come calling, throwing big bucks at him? That's an also a very good question, but I think that Baylor is so desperate right now to withhold you know, a guy like you said who has a high character and a good image after all the chaos that they've dealt with with their football program. I think they'd be crazy to try to let him go. He's currently making $2.7 million a year. That's a pretty healthy amount when you mm-hmm. look at it. He's made multiple deep tournament runs, although he's had some early exits as well. I think that this year is going to be an interesting chance for him to shine in the tournament. He's had back-to-back years of exiting early. People are forgetting a little bit about the two Elite Eight runs and the Sweet 16 run. But this year in this Baylor team has a chance to be pretty special. So we know around here the Missouri Valley, a possibility of two bids, but the Mountain West is very down. The A-10 has got a couple of good teams, but maybe not the depth that we're used to. Any reason why the mid-majors haven't jumped up this year, or is it just something cyclical and and we might be talking about another year next year we're seeing a bunch of mid-majors with resumes to get at largest? I think it's partly cyclical, and again, it's another issue we've seen time and time again in college basketball, scheduling difficulties with mid-majors getting quality opponents on their non-conference schedules. We see continually time and time again high-major opponents that duck playing these guys that won't play them in anywhere except for you know unflattering positions where the road the school has to go on the road multiple times over non-conference schedules and they won't play in their building and it's tough for these guys to develop good cases and good resumes when they have to continually stockpile wins against teams that are sub 200 in the RPI so 
you know, you look at some programs like Valparaiso, they've been able to schedule all this year playing teams like Kentucky and Oregon. But I think that a lot of these other schools have had difficult times getting other schools to play them. Illinois State being a prime example of that. They had a really tough time getting schools to play them. Obviously, teams knew that they would be targeting 20 wins and a postseason berth. And to lose to a team like Illinois State, if you're a high major program, is not a good look because you're the school that passed over on all those guys and didn't offer them scholarships. Mm-hmm. So I guess for you know a high major program, I understand why you wouldn't want to schedule these guys, but it really hurts college basketball at the same time because we don't see some fun matchups and some teams that could really emerge to be contenders here. We're having a conversation with Scott Phillips on the Draft House 50 Hotline, NBC Sports. We're talking college basketball. I'm I'm really curious also about what's going on in the Big Ten. And it just seems that everybody had penciled in Wisconsin. Now they've hit the skids. They penciled in Maryland. They got hammered at home by Minnesota. Iowa gets them next uh, in College Park. And then there's still Purdue, who had a struggle of a game, had to go to OT to win at Penn State, but did pull out the victory. Has Purdue now emerged as the best team there, or is it just that the other teams are going through that end-of-the-season lull? I think that Purdue has emerged as the best team in the Big Ten, personally speaking. They've won six straight games. The loss that they had recently came on the road at Nebraska by one possession. And, you know, if they hadn't have dropped that game, we're looking at 10 consecutive wins with only two road losses by under 10 points in that span. So I think that they've really been a good team all along. Caleb Swanigan is obviously a double-double machine. We're talking about a guy who's a contender for Big Ten player of the year and then you have Isaac Haas next to him and their improved guard play with their improved perimeter shooting and I just think they have the most talent overall in the league and they have the most balance you look at Wisconsin obviously has a great success in the tournament in the past but they're missing that scoring punch that they've maybe had and they haven't figured it out yet with some of their lineup issues and Maryland just really hasn't beaten anybody yet they their non-conference schedule is very weak and they beat teams like Georgetown by one possession, and really they haven't impressed me too much. I think Minnesota's been impressive. Northwestern's obviously played above things, but the Big Ten by and large has been a disappointment, but Purdue is solid among that field. Badgers have lost three out of four. What's going on with this Wisconsin team? A veteran group, Caning, Hap, uh, Vito Brown, you go on and on, Nigel Hayes. They got guys with a lot of experience. Just a rough patch or a big concern for you going forward with Wisconsin? I'm not too concerned because Bronson Koenig's recovering from injury. I think that once he becomes eligible, and, and I'm sorry, not eligible, but he's up to speed and he's playing well, that they're going to have that perimeter shooter on the floor that he is again because they have such a unique lineup with him on the floor as a spacer. Uh, Nigel Hayes has that extra outlet to get to him. Ethan Happ is going to continue to do good things on the block, and they still have such a veteran group that they're going to be tough to prepare for in the tournament. The Big Ten play... I think some of these teams, once again, as we talked about earlier, are familiar with their style of play, kind of know how to attack them and their personnel. But on a short turnaround with a group like that who's experienced and isn't going to give away a lot of turnovers or bad shots, they're a tough team to beat in a one-game setting. I'm real curious now about the ACC. And there's so much talk about how they're going to get seven, eight, nine teams in. Are we overestimating that that particular league or do you think that's going to be the case i think it, it will be the case and should be the case because there are a lot of really good teams in that league and 
you know, you look at some other teams like Wake Forest and Clemson mm-hmm. that are really fighting yeah, for spots Clemson, along yeah, with but, Pitt. Whoa, Scott, 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 Scott. Clemson's got like four wins. They're like I understand. Four, they're four and ten in conference play. They also had an impressive non-conference schedule that included wins over South Carolina and some others. But, you know, again, that's that's a part of the state of the week bubble. And because the ACC is so good, the scheduling hasn't hurt with the losses because they're all top 50 and top 100 losses. So if they pick up a few wins, as they have the opportunity to do so, they have a way to play themselves in. But, you know, going back to the league as a whole, even if you talk about that top seven or eight, that's a really, really strong group. You look at teams like Virginia Tech and Virginia being near above 500 in the league at seven and eight right now, and you know plenty of teams above them like Notre Dame and Florida State, Duke, Louisville, and North Carolina that have been consistently in the top 25 all year. This league is really, really tough, game in and game out. Okay, Scott, uh, you got marching orders. You going to be heading anywhere for the conference tournaments? Or you going to be hanging out in Chicago? Mostly in Chicago for the conference tournaments with the Big Ten going East Coast this year. It's not as ideal to travel for me. And uh, the NCAA tournament is in Milwaukee and Indianapolis yep. this weekend. So for a Chicago guy like me, I'm going to try to make both in one way, one day each. That would be awesome. Hey, before we let you run, um, being based in Chicago, the Fred Hoiberg situation there. I just saw that he got a pat on the back sort of from the uh, organization saying that they were uh, pleased with the way that he has handled everything. Everybody seems to think that he'll be the scapegoat at the end of the season. What's your follow with Fred Hoiberg? I think the Bulls are in an interesting situation as a whole because you have a fan base that's really turned on the brain trust in the front office with John Paxson and Gar Foreman, as well as the head coach in John Paxson, or I'm sorry, Fred Hoiberg, and in some cases the roster as well with, you know, guys like Dwayne Wade getting a little bit of criticism for not getting back on defense and with the Rondo move backfiring as well. But that franchise is incredibly dysfunctional right now. This, uh, for trade yesterday for you know, Taj Gibson and Doug McDermott was not popular with a lot of Chicago fans, even if it did net them some assets for a guy who was leaving in Gibson. And I think that Jerry Reinsdorf, at the end of the day, is okay with the job that these guys are doing right now. The Bulls are in position to make a playoff run. As long as they do make the eight or the seven seed, I think that Fred Hoiberg's okay with his job because that contract still has three more years after this one at a high dollar amount. Man, it's great always to have you on the show. Have a great weekend, pal. Thank you, as always. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me on, guys. Scotty Phillips, everybody. NBC Sports, always good when he comes on. Jimmy B and TC, the big talker, 1700. The big games play here. Westwood One Sports on Des Moines Station for News Talk Sports. 1700 KBGG. At dsmcredit.com, we have a different way of looking at things. Like one bad apple doesn't spoil the bunch. Life hands you lemons, it's still a respectable piece of fruit. And that's how we treat you and your credit, with respect. Go to dsmcredit.com and get your approval for a brand new 2017 Stu Hansen Hyundai Elantra for just $119 a month. Or 2017 Hyundai Sonata, just $149 per month with zero down. Plus, get America's best warranty. 10 years, 100,000 miles. Bad credit? We say, so you missed a couple of payments. No credit? We call that just getting started. Bankruptcy? So you took a chance. At DSMCredit.com, it's all about a positive perspective. Get a 2017 Stu Hansen Hyundai from just $119 a month with zero down. Go to DSMCredit.com or call 253-3000. Stu Hansen Hyundai and Clive. You need credit? At DSMCredit.com, we positively hear you. 36 monthly zero security, all plus tax tag registration with approved credit. 
Trey Condon here, and I want to tell you about our great friends at Draft House 50 on Mill Civic Parkway in West Des Moines. If you're looking for basketball, you're not going to find a better place in the metro than Draft House 50. Big screen TVs across the bar, sound on for the local games, and great brews to go along with it. Don't forget about the food. Classic bar food with an upscale style and a tap system like you've never seen before. Draft House 50, Mill Civic Parkway in West Des Moines. Grammy-nominated Joe Bonamassa, hailed as one of the world's greatest guitar players. Blues rock titan Joe Bonamassa, live in concert on Thursday, March 9th at the Des Moines Civic Center. Tickets on sale now at the venue box office and at DesMoinesPerformingArts.org. Joe Bonamassa, don't miss your chance to experience the guitar event of the year. At Menards, home improvement means saving big because right now you'll get an 11% rebate on everything, even sale prices. Right now, over 40 stock Hunter ceiling fans are on sale. The 48-inch Summerlin ceiling fan comes in a noble bronze finish with white cased glass. It's 809 after 11% rebate. Stop waiting and start saving with an 11% rebate on everything, even sale prices now at Menards. Good through February 25th. Some exclusions apply. See store for details. Save big money at Menards. Here's a question for you. Do you know this song? Okay, let's think about this. Why is it that everyone remembers hundreds of songs, almost note for note, they never set out to memorize? That's the power of sound. It's sticky. When you hear a song, or maybe a good advertising message, with some frequency week after week for about six months, it gets into your long-term memory even when you don't intend it to. You remember it because you heard it. That's why radio is the sticky advertising medium. You don't hear a newspaper or billboard, and really not a web page or a Facebook ad. Okay, TV has the power of sound, too. But advertising on TV week after week can be pretty expensive. With radio, you can afford to get sticky. Then, when somebody's in the market for what you sell, who are they going to remember? If you want them to remember you, take advantage of radio. The power of sound. The Spa at West Glen, a personal journey for the mind, body, and spirit. Treat yourself with massage therapies including sweetest massage, deep tissue massage, and the signature service from the Spa at West Glen, the West Glen Body Ritual. The Spa at West Glen also provides injectables, facials, chemical peels, and medical spa treatments including Dermapen along with nutritional services. Look and feel your best with help from the Spa at West Glen. And the Spa at West Glen makes a great gift for the special lady in your life. Believe me. Call the Spa at West Glen at 515-225-2642. That's 515-225-2642. Or check them out online at relaxdemoine.com. Dr. Heidi Cook and the Spa at West Glen. Hi folks, Mike from JLM Shooter Supply here, inviting you to visit our full-service gun shop. Whether you are precision rifle shooting, competing in handgun matches, or just out plinking with the family, we have everything you might need. We offer all types of firearms, ammunition, and accessories, as well as all types of gunsmithing services. We've been here since 1988, and we won't be undersold by the big stores, and no one can match our service after the sale. We're on the corner of 70th and Douglas in Urbandale, or we can be reached at 515-331-1577. We're JLM Shooter Supply. See you soon. 
Hey, everybody, it's me, it's Jimmy B., and I'm here to tell you about Aspen in the West Glen Town Center in West Des Moines. You want a great workout? Aspen has got everything that you need. It's a newly remodeled facility. All the machines, all of the weights, training sessions, everything that you need to get your health improved. And right now, Aspen is running a family add-on special. One dollar to join any membership for someone in your family as well. Just one dollar. It's a family membership add-on special. It's Aspen, West Glen, Town Center, West Des Moines. Sports talk that rocks. This is Jimmy B and TC on Des Moines' big station for sports. 1700 KBGG. Back at it here and time to bring in Wolfgang. It's presented by the Spot at West Glen, Dr. Heidi Cook. Always a great gift idea, birthdays, holidays, whatever it may be, the Spot at West Glen. Wolfgang, what's going on, my man? Not much. How you doing? I don't know why I considered that such a great win the other night because I'm not sure anybody else would have considered that a fun game to watch, but I enjoyed it immensely, Trent. It was, uh, yeah, it was entertaining. There were stretches that it wasn't real pretty. I mean, there was a stretch in the second half when both teams can do a whole lot. We had, what, 17 fouls called in the first six minutes of the second half. At times it was ugly, but uh, if you're a Hawkeye fan, it felt pretty good. And any time you beat Indiana, even a bad Indiana team, it, it is uh, a pretty good feeling. There's no doubt about yeah. it. And a lot of positives to take away for Iowa. You know, if they lost that game, we'd be staring at, a four-game losing streak, the questions yeah. about the Fran fade that seemingly happens every year was going to continue on, and at least for a night in February, a beautiful night over in Iowa City, that ended at least for a little while. Yeah, and, that, and I was trying to think of why I considered, why did I have so much fun watching that game? I think it's because we got down 9-0, mm-hmm. I think under two minutes, right? I mean, it, we didn't even hit the 18-minute mark, and he had to call a timeout. Am I wrong? No, you're, you're exactly right. It was it, They hit their first four shots from the field. You had uh, New Camp just blowing by Bohannon a couple of times. Oh, boy. It, it yeah, went up. Yeah. It ballooned from there. It got even worse. It was 17-4. And then the uh, the comeback started, and it was it was fun to see. Yeah, let me tell you a little bit about this lineup. Okay, and this I think this guy's played as much as you, myself, and Jimmy B has played. Okay. Dale Jones yeah. was in with 16-30 in the game. Dale Jones. you got to be a hardcore Hawkeye fan to know who Dale Jones is. Okay? Dale All right, Jones. We, we know who he is because we're hardcore. How many Hawkeye fans know who Dale Jones is? Uh, most of them. You I think, think so? Yeah, I think, okay. you know, it's not like a football roster where you got 85 guys. I think you know most of the guys. If you would have said you know, Charlie Rose, uh, that, that might be a little <laughs> bit different. I mean, we're, we're going down into uh, the deep stretches of things. But I, I was looking uh, yesterday at basketball reference, and I know you like to uh, take a little deeper look at some of the numbers, you know, not just points and rebounds per game, but you like to dig a, a little bit deeper into those things. Oh, yeah, love and, it. And some of the advanced numbers. Now, there's one that basketball reference has, and it's the offensive box score plus minus and defensive box score plus minus. Uh, what it does, it's an estimate of the player's points per 100 possessions above a league average player. That's what it is. So your best offensive player, no surprise, is Peter Jack, 7.7. So he's going to get you 7.7 more points offensively per game than a league average player. So you go through Nicholas Bear. He's the uh, number two guy on the uh, number three guy on the team. Brady Ellingson, kind of a surprise, the number two guy on that list. But there at the bottom is Dale Jones. 
And uh, we know he likes to chuck it, but how about this? Negative 19.4. He gives you a negative 19 points per 100 possessions in uh, comparison to a league average player. That's not good, Wolfgang. Yeah, yeah, that's not good. This was the lineup, I think, with around 16.30 left in the first half. Dale Jones, Craner, Christian Williams, Bear, and Ellingson. Oof. How many times have we seen that uh, lineup through the years? Oh, not, not very often. Not very often at well. But you mentioned Christian Williams. How about the play of my boy Christian Williams? Yeah, I, I wanted to bring that up. You let me set you up because I'm going to set you up and I'm going to set John Miller. John Miller's been talking about this guy. Now, I will say right now, I disagree with you. I think he's been a huge disappointment this year. Maybe because I expected more out of him. Uh-huh. And I don't want to. I don't want to put words in your mouth or John Miller. I believe John Miller's was texting saying he's the key to next year's team. Okay. He's not saying he's so great this year and that he loves him this year, but he sees the potential in him. What's your opinion on him? Because I'm I've been thoroughly I mean just unimpressed this year. No, I I completely agree with that part. He has been a big disappointment this year, but the reason that I think he has been a disappointment is he was miscast as a point guard. And coming into okay. the year, they only had two guys on the roster with him and Bohannon coming in. And you knew what my thoughts were. I thought he could shoot it. I didn't think he'd be a point guard at this level, and I've been proven wrong on that. But, you know, that was the reason that I thought Christian Williams was so important to this team. But he's not a point guard. He just isn't. He's a guy that can give you, you know, a four-minute stretch in the first half, a four-minute stretch in the second half, something like that. The guy's a two-guard. And he has been put in a role that does not work to the strengths that he has. So, Let's, let's well, is at, he really anything, though, Trent? He is. He's, is he's, he even he's, really a two-guard? I oh, mean, yeah. he, can't, he can't really shoot. No, no, he can't shoot. He can't shoot. That is true. That is true. But if you have Bohannon out there, you can play those two guys together. you got Moss out there as well. You can play them together. you got Bear playing the three. You can play them together because those guys can shoot it, even if Williams doesn't. You don't have to have all your guards be able to shoot. We've seen this plenty of times. Well, maybe five years ago in the NBA, we know the game's changed there. But yeah. but overall, you can get away with it because Christian Williams can get to the rim. And most importantly, and because of some of the deficiencies that you have defensively with Bohannon, maybe next year with McCaffrey, whatever it may be, because of that, you can have Christian Williams being, A, a good on-the-ball defender, B, a guy that at the top of that zone defense, with those long arms, we've seen him, he got a big steal, had his fingers on another one, he's a good defensive player, and because of that, I think he can cover up the deficiencies that he has shooting. Yeah, and you you think he'd have an easy job staying in front of the point guards, even though he's bigger, but with his wingspan, like you say, he's got to be able to stay in front of the guys, because... Yeah, Bohannon got in the doghouse quick. Did you see that? Mm -hmm. Boy, at the beginning of the game, and deservedly so. We both like him. We both think he's better than we thought he was going to be. But, yeah, that can't happen. He got in the doghouse. Christian Williams came in. We saw lineups we have never, ever seen. But as far as next year, I don't want to draw up this year, but I'm interested in your opinion on this because John John has kind of, I think, the same opinion as you. Is Christian Williams going to be able to hold off McCaffrey coming in? As a backup point guard, what's going to happen there? Seriously, because I kind of like McCaffrey. I like his overall game. He's hitting like in the 40s from three-point range. He's hitting crazy free throw percentage. He can pass. He sees the four beautifully. His athletic ability, eh. You know what I mean? Yep. Yeah, what's he... your opinion on him? Is Christian Williams going to be able to hold him off? Well, let's, let's kind of break it down this way. Let's just talk about the the minutes at the one and two next year. Point guard, yeah. shooting guard, and you got moving parts there. I think there's a number of guys that you can play together. And let's just put five guys there. 
Bo Hannon, Isaiah Moss, Christian Williams, McCaffrey, and is that four? That's four, right? Those, okay. those, those are the guys for those minutes next year. Am I missing somebody? Are we missing somebody? Yeah, sounds like we're missing somebody. I mean, I guess if you want to consider Macy Daly, you know, a, a guy that can play the two, but I really don't think so. Bohan. Yeah, I'm not ready to give up on him, I guess, yet. Oh, Brady, El- Brady Ellingson. Oh, Ellingson, for trying to love. Yeah, and he did a great job when, when Jock was out. I was thoroughly impressed with him. So I think when Jock leaves, even though we lose a lot of those points, I, I like Brady. I like Brady. So, all right, I, I'm kind of writing this down pen to paper because we got to figure this no, thing fine. out, all right? Yeah, let's figure it out. we got to do this. We have, Somebody's got to do it. Exactly. We, we are the people that do this because we're weirdos and we already <laughs> are looking ahead to, to next season and we love talking Iowa basketball. So we go here. we got the five guys. we got Connor McCaffrey, Bohannon, Isaiah Moss, Christian Williams, and McCaffrey coming in. You got between those uh, five guys, let's just say they're all going to play one and two. You know, and even at times in a pinch, you know who's done a pretty good job is Brady Ellingson. He, he's done yeah. a pretty good job as that backup uh, role as well. So uh, it's he's a guy that could give you a couple minutes here and there. But you got 80 minutes and to play. And he plays with. better with more minutes, I think, Trent. I think when he gets more minutes and gets more comfortable, I don't think you can come in and play eight minutes and be great. I just right. don't. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, okay, I'll just add that. Go ahead. All right, so we got 80 minutes to play with here. Bohannon, how many minutes are we going to give him? Keep him effective. They got different guys. Should we say 28 minutes a game? Is that a good number? 28 minutes. I think that might be a little much, maybe, okay. but uh, it's close. It's close, yes. We'll keep it there. We'll adjust as need be. All right, so we go from the uh, the minutes to uh, for Bohannon. Isaiah Moss, 15 minutes a game. You want to bump that up? I think I think we're going to see uh, – I know he's struggled lately. I think he's going to be a guy that will benefit from more minutes and getting more rhythm into the game. I just don't – I don't blame guys when they don't get minutes and they're just not I, – I get it. I get why that doesn't happen. you got to play minutes, and that's why I've always been with the shorter bench. That's not going to happen, as you see with this team. We're going to be playing a ton of dudes. But I see him on 15 minutes. Yeah, let's go 15-ish. I'd say a little more. Okay. Uh, with that, we continue on. Brady Ellingson, same thing, 15-ish minutes a game. Well, how he looked when Jock was out. I mean, he looked good. He did. Are you thinking higher on that? Whew, I think I am. Okay. Remember, you only got 80 minutes to play I know, here. this math thing. Stop <laughs> it's, it. It's Christian Williams, I have him down for like 12 minutes a game. That could increase, though, certainly. But again, you're now, wait a second. Minutes. You like Christian Williams, and you're telling me he's only going to get 12 minutes next year? Well, and Please then, explain this, John and, Miller. Well, and, and, and this is how you're going to get down to the end. you got 10 minutes left, even with that, which feels like a little low on all these guys' minutes. you got 10 minutes left then for Connor McCaffrey. So this is how I mapped it out. Bohannon, 28 minutes. Moss and Brady Ellingson, each with 15. 12 for Christian Williams and 10 for Connor McCaffrey. There's your 80 minutes. And and after Bohannon's 28, it doesn't feel like any of the four other guys are getting enough minutes. But think about what you guys are saying. You guys are saying this Christian Williams guy, you like him. You love his potential. Yeah. And you're, you're saying he's going to get six minutes a half. Right. Yeah. So what what am I missing? What It doesn't seem like you do like him. Oh, of course. Because what was he getting before he had the good game against Indiana? 
Right. I need to, I need to nail you and John Miller down to find out what you guys are exactly saying on well, him. I'm, because I'm not going to say that he's going to be an all-Big Ten player. That's not as what I'm a saying. Junior, as a junior, 12 minutes a game. That's, that's, I mean, that is a disappointment. Is it, though? I mean, where are your expectations for this guy? Do you think he's going to develop and he's going to be Roy Devin Marble? Well, yeah, then it's a disappointment. Right now he has played... Let's see. Through he's averaging thirteen minutes a game right now. Okay, so he's not going to go down, probably. Right. I guess unless we think. And you tell me, have you seen enough of McCaffrey in person? I've just seen video. Yeah, I've I've watched him oh, play live. I'd say at least six, seven times. His, his shot is improving, definitely. Is. Right? Yeah, it's and it's more he's of a always shot. had that. He's always had that. Um, where he can run and gun, and he sees the court beautifully, right? We've always seen that out of him. Um, but you're thinking, okay, see, I don't know. And then I heard a, I heard an interview with McCaffrey, and he's talking about maybe going to prep school, for crying out loud. Well, yeah, and he got that part, or maybe baseball. I mean, this is a guy that could be drafted, maybe not real high, but decently high, in a top 10, 12 uh, rounds of the, of the draft coming up for MLB, and he might just say, the heck with this, I'm going to go play baseball and see what, what happens there. And Trent, what you say about Williams, and you and John Miller are not alone, uh, Dockage, did you hear him yes. say, every time he sees Williams, he plays well. So I want to personally invite Dockage to every single <laughs> Iowa game ever, because I watch every Iowa game and sometimes twice. I don't know what the hell he's talking about. Dockage's uh, mic went out last night for a couple of minutes. It was so good. It was the best. I loved it. Say that again now? Last night uh, during the Wisconsin-Ohio State game, Dockage's mic went out for about two minutes. <laughs> yeah. And it was just Reese Davis. It was so good. Oh, <laughs> The greatest, the greatest uh, Dockage has ever been. So how are you divvying up these minutes then? You got 80 to play with. I, I, this, I gave you mine, 28, yeah. 15, 15 yeah. 12, and 10. How are you, you and doing? John Miller are beautiful at this. John Miller always says, 200 minutes in the game. All right, here we go. Let's do this. And I, you're right. I'm sitting here just cracking on your uh, your minutes. I just am not as big a Christian Williams fan as you guys are. I, But you guys aren't necessarily saying he's having that great of a year. You're just saying that you like the potential, yes. which yes. I do as well. I, I get that. And you're saying he's miscast. I'm not sure if John is. Okay. I'm not sure if John is saying that he is miscast. I'm not, not sure a point about guard. that. He's not a point guard. The the offense really struggles at times when he's trying to run the point. It's not his game. His game is to get out on the floor, get into passing lanes, run the floor. That's his game. It's not as a point guard. It just isn't. And that's why I so think you, having Connor McCaffrey not go to prep school, not be drafted by baseball, whatever it is, is important because then you got that guy that can fill in that backup role, be the true backup, and then Christian Williams can uh, – could concentrate more on being a wing player, being a two, being a three, and, and he can still get other minutes that way too. I mean, we're just talking about the minutes for the one and two. Maybe there's times where you're you're playing Bohannon on the floor with Christian Williams, and also you got Isaiah Moss out there. You know, you have a couple other guys out there. You can you can go with the three guard lineup and change it up a little bit. But for this argument here, let's hear it, Wolfgang. I, I got to hear how are you divvying up these minutes then. You're going to have to give me. You're going to have to give me till next Tuesday to do that. No, no, I, I, I no, like no, to be right. No, no, I like no. to be right, my brother. No, no. This, how, this am I, is... how am I digging it up? I have no idea, man, because I don't know if McCaffrey's going to play or if he's right. not going to play. Nobody does. Nobody does. That's why you put your neck out on the line here, Wolfgang. That's what radio's about. Sounded like a moron. That's what you got to do right now. So <laughs> hey, go I do that. Fun of you. Oh come on! I'm good at that. If that's what it's about, for God's <laughs> sake, man. Gee, many Christmas. 
Uh, did you see Crane? Well, well, uh, one have... second, one second, one second. Yeah, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. You still haven't answered the question. I, I, I Let me tell you something. If you want me to be right, I'm not going to be. Right, exactly. I... That, that's what I want. All right, rapid fire. Here we go. Bohannon's minutes next year. How many does he get? Uh, let's go uh, 26.375. 26. <laughs> Isaiah Boss, how many minutes? I want him more minutes. I want him more minutes. I think he deserves. I think he needs to have more minutes if we're going to be successful because he could score. Uh, let's go. Uh, you're going to make me add this crap nope, up. Nope, nope. Well, we're just, going along, man. Just do it. I don't quick. know. Do it quick. Don't you even put worry 15. about the. Minutes. I think 15 is cool. Let me go 17. 17. All right. Brady Ellingson, how many minutes? Oh man, I like that guy. He could shoot. We've show, He's shown what he could do when uh, Peter Jock wasn't there. Let's go eight and a half. Yeah. Sixteen there. All right, Christian Williams. How many are you giving him? I'm. Uh, he's transferring. He's. Well, he's trans- well that's going to make this much easier for you. That's going to. That's make what this- I'm trying to do, my man. Ah, I see what you're doing here, Wolfgang. So uh, you do have one minute left. So that one minute will go to Connor he McCaffrey. Do- he no, he doesn't believe that he can beat out the coach's son. Ah, drama, drama. Did you see that? See what I did right there? I see where you're going. I understand it. Forty three. Uh, if, no, you got still 21 minutes. So what? Connor McCaffrey gets 21. Absolutely. Wow. He can run and gun. He can see the court. He can hit threes now at a 40 plus percent clip. He's hitting free throws like a mother. Hey, I'm telling you. You made this much easier. Talk to you later, Christian McCaffrey or, or Christian <laughs> Christian McCaffrey. Oh God, there carefully on that. Oh, help me. Oh, nightmare. A little Freudian slip out of you, Wolfgang. <laughs> you want to talk about Creator again? My boy, your boy. And he oh, can jump, yes. and he can rebound, and he can run the floor. <laughs> that guy, Ryan Creener, how about that block shot late in overtime, too? How about the block shot? How about the freaking delicious baby hook? How about that 17-foot jumper? I know he only had four points. I don't care. It was beautiful. And the guy deserves more minutes. You see how hard he runs down the damn court? Mm-hmm. I love this guy. I don't care. Some people don't get him. I get him. I don't know how many minutes he deserves because he got Cook and he got Pimsel there, but I think you need to split those guys up as we've talked about in the past. Um, and Cook, you see his free throw stroke lately? And I'm not just talking about making it. It's looking better. Mm-hmm. It the ball, this sounds weird. And only people that watch basketball, like basketball, have played basketball, know it. The ball looks more comfortable in his hands. Do you, do you agree with that? And you wonder how much the finger injury played into some of the struggles that he had from the line because you watch him back in the summer, he had his, he has a nice stroke. And that's another part. You know, if he develops an outside shot, and I'm not talking about a three-pointer, though he's showing an ability in summer league to knock those down. But, you know, if he can develop a consistent 16-footer, look out. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I didn't see that coming, Trent. I did not see a, a nice free-throw shot coming out of him. I saw it out of Pemsel. Yeah. I see that out of Pemsel. I can see Pemsel doing what Creener does. I can see that. But I did not see it with Cook. And if that happens, that's just another added dimension to this team, which, I mean, the next two years are going to be freaking fun, dude. I'm, I'm serious. I'm, I'm, I don't think I'm being homerish. Maybe I am being homerish. You tell me. You're, you're, you like to do that. Yeah. I don't think I'm being homerish. I, don't I think, think so this is going to be fun the next few years. I'm I'm right there with you. I mean, you look at it. What are they missing? What's the component that they're really missing? You have a, a get by you guard. A yep. get by you. I uh, put the fear of God in you guard. And I think that 
either Isaiah Moss or Christian Williams could develop into that guy. Not a guy that's going to blow by and get 15 a game, but a guy that can do that a couple times a half, can get to the rim, can knock down shots. You know, And if Christian Williams does figure out that shot, then we can be talking about some upside there. Oh, are you kidding me there? Yeah, I mean, you you do that with the athleticism and the length that he has. You really have it. It's going to be fun. I'm with you, Wolfgang. I think this is going to be a fun team. Back to the NCAA tournament next year and the year after that. Well, it hasn't happened since 1979. My buddy Biz uh, on our podcast has already called it out. He's already calling the Hawkeyes <laughs> the uh, the champions of 2018. Oh, I need to meet this guy. I like it. Like it. <laughs> hey, yeah, I heard I heard, uh, yes, I heard a little bit of it. I'm all listened. And uh, so he's calling for the Big Ten title, not next year, but the year after? The year after. He wanted to be the first on record. He said a couple of weeks ago, in fact. He wanted Love to be it. the first person on record to say that uh, I was winning the regular season title in 2019. Yeah, he knows, he knows his stuff. I've heard him. It'll be the 40-year anniversary that year of the last time Iowa won the Big Ten title. Let's say oh, they're a little due. Yeah, they are more than a little due. It's it's about time for us basketball fans to celebrate celebration. Yeah, I can't say it. But we'll, we'll, I mean. we'll celebrate. There's no doubt about that if it happens. Before that, Wolfgang, Iowa, Maryland, we just uh, got a, a couple. Hey, can minutes. I bring up one thing? Can I bring up one thing with this last game? I want your opinion. Sure. Do you mind? Yeah. Thomas Bryant, he yeah. only had three field goal attempts, and I wrote this down. I don't know. If, I don't know if it's 100 percent right, so I'm just saying this. Mm-hmm. Okay. Thomas Bryant, only three field goal attempts with, like, 12 minutes left in the second half. What's your opinion on that? And and Tom Crean. Tom Crean's a weird dude. That's my opinion. What, what, what is that? What's going on there? He's screaming for the basketball. Here's the I problem. mean, he's screaming, dude. Yes. He's screaming for the basketball. And they it's like Aaron White a couple years ago, where they, like, looked at Aaron White and, like, he was a ghost. Mm-hmm. They wouldn't throw it to him. Right. He's like... Hey, I've got Yogi Ferrell on me. Throws me the ball. Yes. You know what I mean? Wait, what's you. your what's your take on that? Well, I think that this is a group that doesn't get along very well. Uh, and I think the biggest component of that is James Blackman. What happened last year when yeah. James Blackman got hurt? Indiana suddenly, after a terrible non-conference, caught fire, went on, won the outright championship in the regular season of the Big Ten, and uh, went on from there and got to the Sweet 16. With him back... He is a malcontent. He can shoot it. I mean, the guy, he can fill it up in a big way, but he's been called out by Crean before. That's the problem. If Crean comes back, I think the first order of business for him is to get rid of James Blackman. Now, you know your your college basketball. Yes. Is it rest in peace, Tom Crean? Or you tell me, what's what's going to go on there? I think he's going to be fired. I I believe he will be fired after this year. Um, wow. With the talent that they have. I understand injuries. You know, OG Ananobi going down was an absolute killer, killer for them. I, I get that, but I, I think. Yeah, and that, he's a, do you see where he's drive drafted? Like his projections and draft? Oh, yeah, yeah. I didn't know he was that good. Man. Remember who, he's like uh, way up there. Remember who was after him real hard before Indiana and some of the other Blue Bloods got involved? <laughs> Let me guess. Mm hmm. <laughs> Unbelievable. Yep. Ram McCaffrey, he sees it. He sees it, man. He, he does. One of the first people from a major, from a Power 5 level, that really liked OG Ananobi back, I believe, when he was a sophomore. And I was in it till the end. Even with Indiana, felt like they had a pretty good shot. But, uh, well, we know what happened there. Imagine that guy <laughs> in the Iowa uniform the last couple of years. Boy, that would have been fun. Well, regardless of that, Wolfgang, we've gone uh, way too long, which is okay. Yeah, because absolutely. I always, Sorry about I always, that. No, I, I love talking hoops with you. You know that this weekend it's Maryland, 
both Maryland and Wisconsin, two incredibly difficult road games. It looked like really throughout the whole Big Ten slate, but both teams kind of struggling right now. Can the Hawkeyes pull an upset in one of these two games? Will they? Um, not, not can. They can. Will they pull an upset in one um, of these two? Yeah, in one of the two, I think they will. I'm pumped just because I want to see where we are. Mm-hmm. Let's let's see where we are against those two programs, and then just get right for the Big Ten tournament. You've pointed out more than anybody. Nobody else points this out. Uh, I think two. You say two and seven. Fran is in Big Ten tournament. Two and seven, including three consecutive losses to double si- yeah. uh, dib- double digit seeds. Yep. Never never seen that written anywhere. Never heard anybody else say that but you. So the only reason I know that is because you two and seven. That ain't gonna work. No. So um, I want to see where we are in terms of the um, best teams in the Big Ten. We'll see where we are. Uh, we'll go to the Big Ten tournament, and I'm not scared of anybody. Uh, we'll see. It's going to be fun. That's what's fun about this. This is one of those rebuilding years, Fred. It's fun. This is fun. We're not supposed to make the NCAA tournament. We'll see. We got a shot because we're not scared of anybody. We can beat anybody in the Big Ten. The Big Ten isn't that good. Sorry, it's not. It's not. It's not. But can they win four consecutive times? No, they can't do that. And did you see John's article on HawkeyeNation.com, by the way? I have not, he, no. He, yeah, he predicts, um, He predicts well, like, the rest of the season and who everybody's going to be, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Uh, he's got Iowa as a, I think, um, is it a nine? I'm sorry, I'm trying to get it up here. A nine seed, I believe. No, no, it's right behind Illinois. Eight seed. Okay. Right behind Illinois. Illinois is eight and ten. Iowa's eight and ten. And then Michigan's nine at eight and ten. So Iowa would play in John's scenario. John's pretty good at this, to be honest with you. Um, so Indiana is going to be a thirteen seed. And that's crazy. Can believe that. That's so thirteen crazy. versus twelve Ohio State. Mm. Are you kidding me? <laughs> and then fourteen Rutgers versus eleven Penn State. But then Iowa would play uh, Michigan, who I was totally wrong about. I thought I thought Michigan was going to be way better. Not a nine seed for crying out loud. Did I think they were going to win it all? No, but a nine seed. So see, I can say when I'm wrong. Okay, and then and then when they when they beat Michigan, yeah, when they beat Michigan, they play number one Purdue. Mm. Not scared of them. You scared of them? No, not scared of them. So anyway, it's fun. Yeah, go to HawkeyeNation.com. Check that out. He's got the whole bracket out with, um, and he's kind of uh, like basically said when they're going to win, when they're going to lose, and all these teams. So, um, yeah, we would play Michigan, and then we would play uh, Purdue next. And I'm sorry, not scared of them. Not scared. I did a little uh, projections myself. You know, we've talked Where do we go to see it? Where do we go to see it? Well, I'm just talking about it, Wolfgang. Oh, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. RPI right now currently this uh, today is 109. That's where they are. That is not good enough more than likely. I just saw 102. What do you mean? Come well, on now. I'm looking at RPI forecast. Let's see. Uh, what else can I pull up here? We'll go over to the next one. Go down to the hundreds. 112 over at Warren Nolan. Yeah, it's oh, regardless of that, it's not good. And it's not good enough more than likely to get in that large bid. If they would pull one of the upsets we talked about, beating either Maryland or Wisconsin, win that first game against, say, a Michigan or a Nebraska in the first round, that lose in the quarterfinals, Iowa's RPI then would go up to 86 then I think we'd be talking about them getting into the NIT, and that would be a great thing. Still got to beat Penn State. Still have to find yeah, a way to get one of these There's no 50-50. There's no 500 record that needs to be had? No, no. What, the reason it's more difficult to get into the NIT than it was five years ago and before 
A, if you, for all the small conferences out there in the mid-majors, if you win your regular season title but then get beat in the conference tournament, you get an automatic bid. That usually takes 10 to 12 bids there. I mean, you get some, you know, a team from the SWAC that might have an RPI in the 250s, but they get upset in their conference tournament, they're still in. So you have that portion of it. Plus, it's come in-house, and it's not about, hey, we're going to get some attendance if we invite Georgia Tech and Iowa and all these middling mid-major teams. But there's no 500, you know, uh, red flag. You ha- you don't have to be 500. Well, I, I think you do as well. And oh, you do. Yeah, in, that's, in the scenario, there, finishes, Brent, that's the problem there, That's the problem. Well, no. In this scenario, Iowa finishes 18 and 15. 15. How are you doing this, man? Three games okay. in the regular season. They go okay. two and one. Then they go okay. one and one in the Big Ten tournament. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yep. That gets them to eighteen and fifteen. Oh, still a stretch. Now, see, that'd be that get me excited. No, that's it's still a stretch though. It's still a stretch. It's still a stretch. Yeah, you're right. It is. It's still yeah. a stretch. Maryland, Wisconsin, Penn State, and then God, we almost want like we'd almost like like to play some dopey team. Michigan ain't no dopey team, man. <laughs> Shoot. Oh. Are they going to make the? Are they going to make the uh, tourney? Yeah, I think so. I think they'll be fine. I think. I think they are in. too. Yeah, I, th- yeah, I think I they're going to they get too. in unless there's just a craziness come conference tournament time. But before that, we'll have plenty to talk about. We went a ton long today. That yeah, is sorry, buddy. No, sorry, worries. buddy. Thank you. <laughs> we'll talk to you later, Wolfgang. Thanks, man. Sorry about that. Later. Wolfgang Hawkeye, you can find him on Twitter. Good stuff there with him. Presented by The Spa at West Glen and Dr. Heidi Cook. We'll get the break. Back with more in a moment. Afternoons, we talk sports on 1700 with Jimmy B and TC, noon to 3, and Des Moines' biggest local sports show, Marty and Miller, from 3 to 6 on 1700. Hey, it's Jimmy B. And TC for Draft House 50 on Mills Civic Parkway in West Des Moines. Hey, Draft House 50 has 47 big screen TVs for great viewing of any game. Football, basketball, baseball, hockey, golf, tennis, you name it. Hey, the Draft House 50 can get it, even cricket? Draft House 50 has a sensational menu featuring specialty burgers, steak, salads, and so much more. And on Saturday and Sunday, beginning at 10 a.m., it's brunch, which includes a terrific Bloody Mary bar. The Draft House 50, a place for sports, great food, and drinks. Draft House 50, Mill Civic Parkway in West Des Moines. Are you drowning in debt? Are you struggling to make minimum payments? Did you know that on average a household with at least one credit card struggles with over 10000 in credit card debt? If this sounds like you, know that it's not your fault. Credit card debt happens to good people. Credit card companies lure you in with low introductory rates and low minimum payments. Before you know it, you're in over your head. We've helped thousands of good people just like you become debt-free with our Debt Reset Program that will dramatically reduce your debt down to a fraction of what you owe. Our Debt Reset Program is customized to get you debt-free in as little as 24 to 48 months with one low monthly payment. If you owe over 10000 in credit card debt or even personal loans, call 800-832-1507. Now, there are no upfront fees or out-of-pocket expenses. You don't pay a dime until we succeed. Call now to see how the Debt Reset Program can work for you. 800-832-1507. That's 800-832-1507. Again, 800-832-1507. Grammy-nominated Joe Bonamassa, hailed as one of the world's greatest guitar players. Blues rock titan Joe Bonamassa, live in concert on Thursday, March 9th at the Des Moines Civic Center. 
tickets on sale now at the venue box office and at Des Moines Performing Arts.org. Joe Bonamassa. Don't miss your chance to experience the guitar event of the year. Are you drowning in debt? Are you struggling to make minimum payments? Did you know that on average a household with at least one credit card struggles with over 10000 in credit card debt? If this sounds like you, know that it's not your fault. Credit card debt happens to good people. Credit card companies lure you in with low introductory rates and low minimum payments. Before you know it, you're in over your head. We've helped thousands of good people just like you become debt-free with our Debt Reset Program that will dramatically reduce your debt down to a fraction of what you owe. Our debt reset program is customized to get you debt-free in as little as 24 to 48 months with one low monthly payment. If you owe over 10000 in credit card debt or even personal loans, call 800-832-1507. Now, there are no upfront fees or out-of-pocket expenses. You don't pay a dime until we succeed. Call now to see how the debt reset program can work for you. 800-832-1507. That's 800-832-1507. Again, 800-832-1507. The Home Depot has a new idea. Free carpet installation that means free carpet installation. Moving furniture out of the way, free. Ripping out the old carpet, no charge. Hauling it away, on the house. Because the Home Depot has no hidden fees. Just free carpet installation on purchases of $699 or more. The Home Depot. More saving. More doing. Valid on carpet price $1 or more per square foot. Unique specialty items and requirements may be priced separately. Not valid in all markets. Offer ends April 5th. Hiring is the most challenging part of my job. We started using ZipRecruiter about three months ago. One click and my job was posted to 200 plus job boards. All the top sites. All of the candidates came to my dashboard and it's easy to compare them. And I couldn't believe the number of great applicants we got. I don't know how we hired before ZipRecruiter. Find the best candidates with ZipRecruiter where your job is just one click away from 200-plus job sites. And right now, you can try ZipRecruiter free. Just go to ZipRecruiter.com slash go hire. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash go hire. At DSMCredit.com, we have a different way of looking at things. Like, one bad apple doesn't spoil the bunch. Life hands you lemons? It's still a respectable piece of fruit. And that's how we treat you and your credit, with respect. Go to DSMCredit.com and get your approval for a brand new 2017 Stu Hansen Hyundai Elantra for just $119 a month. Or 2017 Hyundai Sonata, just $149 per month with zero down. Plus, get America's best warranty. 10 years, 100,000 miles. Bad credit? We say, so you missed a couple of payments. No credit? We call that just getting started. Bankruptcy? So you took a chance. At DSMCredit.com, it's all about a positive perspective. Get a 2017 Stu Hansen Hyundai from just $119 a month with zero down. Go to DSMCredit.com or call 253-3000. Stu Hansen Hyundai and Clive. You need credit? At DSMCredit.com, we positively... There's nothing more important for your health and well-being than having a good sleep. The experts at Haverty's can help you find the perfect Scott Living mattress for everyone in your family. Haverty's Furniture is partnered with Drew Scott and Jonathan Scott to offer Scott Living mattresses. Now $250 off through President's Day. Plus, when you visit a store, you can expect no pressure, just support. From Haverty's Sleep Experts. Tap now or visit Haverty's.com to find a location near you. 